ashamed of what one shot called me how infinite that grace divine i am free i am free i am a child of god oh precious is the
shoulders You knew me You loved me And even when I forget Your love for me You break through the silence And all you bring to you bring to nothing every life. Oh, your word is final. Your truth restores me every time. Every time. When I feel that I'm too broken. to be chosen that you see me and you love me you are present in my weakness as you are patience to pick up the pieces and show me that you love me Truth is 
reassures me every time, every time, every time. The truth is restoring innocence now. You're restoring innocence now. Everlasting life. 
even the darkest days, even the darkest days are temporary. You are the everlasting light, and all of time and space could not contain you. You are the everlasting light, the end and the beginning, my new reality. Outside my understanding, yet still within my reach. As far as I can see, you, you're closer still to me. You are the ever. That, that we haven't allowed the light to touch and to bring the truth of your word, bring the truth and revelation that brings freedom. God, reveal the places that, that we've kept doors closed. We're just asking that they be brought to light so that they can be dealt with by your spirit, that they can be renewed.
to me now I surrender I surrender I want to know you more I want to know you more I surrender surrender. I want to know you more. I want to know you
surrender I want to know you more I want to know you more I surrender I surrender I want to know you more I want to know you
Legacy Church. I'm excited to talk today again, continuing the series on authority. Josiah did a great job last week introducing this series to us. And today I want to, um, I want to do a bit of review, but I also want to look at this question. What gives us the right? Have you ever been in a situation where somebody says, what gives you the right? Uh, I know if you have siblings, when you were kids, at some point, your, your sibling, your brother, your sister said to you, what gives you the right to tell me what to do? And that's what I want us to look at today. What gives us the right? What gives us the right to walk in authority? If you remember, we looked at authority means the, the power or right to give orders, to make decisions, or enforce obedience. So what gives you the right in the kingdom of God to uh, make decisions or to give orders or, or to enforce obedience? What gives you the right to have authority in the kingdom? And so last week we looked at two scriptures, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, and Mark 11, 23 and 24, which are both very good scriptures when it comes to authority in the kingdom of God and understanding our authority. Let me just read those to, to, to remind us of those. Uh, Matthew 28, uh, 18 through 20, and Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And then Mark 11, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you receive it and it will be yours. Now today, I wanna look at what gives you the right. What gives you the right to use those scriptures? Um, It is interesting, there's an account where Jesus sends out 72 uh, guys to to do the work of the kingdom. And they go out and they do what Jesus has instructed them to do. And when they come back, Luke 10, 17 through 20 says this. They came back and it says, The 72 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, 
I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and on scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Now, the language Jesus uses here is very interesting to me. It gets me because they're coming back and they're rejoicing that they have found some newfound authority and they are rejoicing that the the devils, the, the enemy, the, 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 the spirits that they've come in contact with sub, are subject to the name of Jesus. It's, it's interesting. Jesus says, that's nothing. I watch Satan fall like lightning. It is very interesting to me that Jesus downplays what they think is the apex of their ministry. They think it is so exciting that the demons had to submit to them. And Jesus says, that's nothing. I saw him fall from his place of authority. You want to rejoice about something? Jesus says, rejoice that you belong to me. That's something to rejoice about. It's interesting that he he says to them uh, next, behold, I have given you authority. It seems to me that Jesus is wanting to make something clear. Your authority doesn't come from having more power than the enemy. That's not where your authority is based. Your authority is based in that you belong to Jesus. Jesus said, I have, behold, I have given you authority. And then this is the point that we want to make. Jesus has given his body authority over the enemy. You didn't earn it. You don't deserve it. You don't get it because of, of punching some card of do's and don'ts or attendance. You don't get it by some righteous living. It doesn't come to you because of something you've done. And when they're rejoicing at their victory, Jesus says, that's not the issue. You have this authority because I've given it to you. You have this authority, Jesus says, because you are a part of me. And, and so it is important that we understand where this authority comes from. It comes from our relationship to Christ. It comes from us being in Christ. That's why I, I, I say this often. It is so important that we know who we are in Christ and who Christ is in us. Because if you know what Christ has done in you, then you get a glimpse of what he wants to do through you. He came to reveal the Father's love. He reveals it in us. And now he reveals the Father's love through us. So don't rejoice because devils have to listen to you. Rejoice because Christ lives inside of you. And then just before he ascended into heaven, almost like last minute instructions, he says to the disciples in Mark chapter 16, 17 and 18, and these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. Again, not just in your name, not in your authority. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents and with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on sick and they will recover. Now, this is not a fairy tale. And this is not a scripture for the Pentecostals or the Charismatics or any one group of people. And however you try to interpret this, whatever you interpret these individual things to mean. What he is telling us is you have authority. That in this world, he has not left us defenseless. In this world, he has not left us as orphans. He has not left us here as those who have no power. But he has left us here to extend his kingdom and do exactly what he did. And he has given us power. And so 
The thing is that authority without power is pretty much useless. You can be an authority figure and have no power over anything, and people may look like they respect you, but are they really following out your orders or your commands or the things that you believe should be done? So authority needs power, and this is the beautiful thing, that God did not just call us and give us authority, but he also gave us power. He, he gave us power to do his will, power to accomplish. He didn't leave us powerless, but he gave us power to extend his kingdom. And listen to what Acts 1.8 says. But you will receive power when Holy Spirit's come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now we know here that the word from, from Bible study, we know that the word here in the Greek for power is dunamis. If you've been around any time, you've been around people talking about the Bible, you've probably heard people say that this word for power is dunamis or where we get our word dynamite. God did not give you authority without power. He gave you authority with power. He gave you authority to make decisions. He gave you authority to declare things. He gave you authority to... Um, to, to rule and reign over things. The issue is everybody gets concerned when we start talking about authority in spiritual things. Well, what about wicked and evil intents? What if people get it and just use it for their own gain? What if people use their authority wrongly? Surely we've all seen someone that let allowed authority to go to their head. They got into a place where they could make decisions, where they could give orders, and all of a sudden they got a taste of that, that place of authority and they used it wrongly. But here's the thing. If you really belong to Christ and you're seeking to know Him and seeking to know the character of God, the nature of God, and the purposes of God, you are not going to fall into evil intent. And I believe the only way you can even give place to evil intent is to ignore the leading of the Spirit because the Spirit of God who has given you power and authority, Jesus gave you authority, now Holy Spirit gives you power. The Spirit of God is not going to lead you to abuse the church of God. The Spirit of God is not going to lead you to hurt people. He's, do we make mistakes? Of course. Can we get things wrong? Of course. But the Spirit of God, even in that, will lead you in a course of action that brings healing and restoration. So simply stated, Jesus not only gives us the right to use heaven's authority, He gives us the power to walk in that authority. Not just leaving us here without power, but giving us power to accomplish His will. And it's like dynamite. We have spiritual dynamite to accomplish the will and purpose of God. So I believe what God has invested in His church is not a small thing. It is a big thing. What God has placed in His church, given us authority. And I know that immediately when you start talking this way, people will say, well, what about, what about the ones who used it for evil gain? What about the ones who wanted to use authority, spiritual authority, just to lord it over others? Then all I can tell you is they did not know who Christ was and they don't know who he is, and they don't know who they are in Christ. Because if we're going to be like Christ, as Paul said to the Philippians, have this mind, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who even though he was equal with God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he humbled himself even to the point of being a servant. You see, if you are understanding how kingdom authority works, 
You don't lord it over others, but you use your authority to serve others. Yes, we're doing the, 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 the definition of authority, which is to give orders, make decisions, and enforce obedience. And we'll talk more about enforcing obedience in the weeks to come. But it's not about forcing others to obey. It's about declaring in the spirit realm and extending the kingdom of God and causing all demonic powers and entities and anything who would try to usurp authority and cause nastiness and ugliness here on earth, that we have the authority to take thoughts captive and remembering that our battle is in the spirit realm, we have the right to declare things here on earth. Man, that authority he's given, he's given us the power to bind and to loose, to declare, to make a difference on planet earth. And listen, if you understand the heart of Christ, you're going to seek to do good, not harm. You're going to seek to do good in the earth. So simply stated for me is the focus of authority that we've been given is to extend the kingdom of God We've been made ambassadors of this kingdom, not just figureheads, but ambassadors who have power and authority. We're not on our own. We've not been sent on our own mission. We are on a co-mission with Christ, and we've been given authority and power to do what he has called us to do. He empowers us to accomplish his will. That is so important. God empowers us by his Holy Spirit to accomplish his will on earth. So then, we don't have to just let stuff happen to us. Listen to me. If you get nothing today, please get this. You don't have to live your life just letting stuff happen to you and then saying, well, I guess it was the will of God. You have the power to make stuff happen. You have the power to believe for things to be different. When, when I hear people saying the world can never change, I know that it can change. I know that if I changed, beloved, if you have changed, if things in your heart have been exposed and you grew, if you are still growing, how can you say that someone else can't change or can't grow or that people who have prejudice or have, have things in them, hatred in them that, that they cling to, but the kingdom of God is bigger. And as we extend the kingdom of God, one relationship at a time, as we love others, one friendship at a time, we can see change. I'm so glad somebody didn't give up on me and say, that one will never change. But instead they kept loving me and extending the kingdom of God into my heart and territory was taken in my soul until finally surrender came. And this is what's happening. So we don't have to just let stuff happen to us. We can make stuff happen. We can declare. There's a beautiful scripture in Ecclesiastes that says, there'll come a day when you will declare a thing and it shall be established. Again, people take that. They say, well, I was a part of the word of faith movement. I've seen it abused. Just because you've seen it abused, beloved, doesn't mean it's not in the Bible. Doesn't mean it's not scriptural. And it doesn't mean we we need to take the time. We must take the time to find out what authority is to us and what we are going to do with that authority in extending the kingdom of God. So my question today for you is this. Do you believe you have the right to walk in authority? 
What right have you? As for me, I know what right I have. I know what right I have to declare things. I know what right I have to to speak the scripture over my family, to pray over my family. I know what right I have to say to the enemy. Listen, I'm reminded of when my my, uh, grandson Aiden was born. And, And when he was born, there were some complications and the doctors came out and said something to us. And I turned and I looked uh, at his other grandfather. So here are both of the grandfathers and we're looking at each other and just something rose up inside of both of us. And I looked at my, my in-law, Chris, Jason's father, and I said, Chris, it ain't going down this way. Here, Chris and I are both preachers of the gospel. And I said, Chris, it ain't going down this way. We can make a difference. And y'all wasn't worried about correct English at the time. It was, it ain't going down like this. And Chris and I grabbed hands. Here are this young, this child's grandparents, grandfathers declaring over him. And Chris and I prayed in that moment. And we declared, Aiden will live and not die. And he will declare the glory of the Lord. You say, what right have you? I had every right. Chris and I had every right to agree. And I'm happy to announce Aiden is alive and well and growing fast. He's 10, 11 now. Oh man, he's just growing too fast. And and I want you to know you have the authority, not just just let things happen. You have the right to say, this is not going down like this and to pray and declare things because the scriptures that we've looked at today show us that. So I just want to say to you, what right have you? You need to decide. 